morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Montana. Montana is out there. And uh, he has struggled with just getting some uh, worship ministers uh, on his team. And this is, it's always been one disaster after another. And it's just been a heartache for him. And so he was talking to me today. And he's like, hey, can you, can you tell me what you did? And I said, well, you know, we just got fortunate. We, we, were, we were blessed in finding some good people. And so he's telling me just kind of where he's at. And I'm like, dude, I said, you just got to gotta change your attitude. I said, you know, because right now I can hear it in your voice. I said, you're not in faith, man. You're just, you're dreading having anybody come along because of all the heartache you had. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, I know it. I know it. And he's like, well, you know, and it's a, a long story short. But anyways, I say that because obviously uh, it's easy to take for granted what you have. And you don't realize what you have until you don't have it. And so here there's a guy that's saying, man, I wish I had some good people. So praise God. Thank you so much for all you people that serve, whether it's in kids' ministry, hospitality, or anything and everything in between. You guys are the best of the best. Amen. Well, we're going to continue tonight. We've been ministering on the subject of faith. And if you recall, I said to you that, and I share this and preface this every time, because again, there's a point or an, an answer for those of us that would struggle in this particular area. But I said to you that uh, a, a few weeks back, I was purposing to minister on the subject of how to deal with depression, mental health, uh, stress of life, you know, just being weighed down with the cares and the worries of life. And I was going to address that topic specifically, but the Lord said, Teach on the subject of faith because in the subject of faith answers the issues to those things that you wanted to talk about. And so we've been endeavoring to minister and share on the subject of faith, what faith is, what it looks like, how you get it, uh, how you appropriate it or use faith. And so we're going to continue along those lines talking about the subject of faith and uh, just really make it more applicable concerning that of health and healing in our bodies or really, for that matter, anything that we really need to believe God for. But we're going to lean it a little bit more in the direction of healing and receiving from God in that particular uh, direction. But first of all, let's review and answer the question, what is faith? Now, a quick re uh, a response would, would probably be, well, faith is trust in God. And that is a true statement. It is trusting God, but there's more to it than just merely trusting God. And so if we begin to look at the Bible, the Bible gives us some definitions, if you will. And we see first uh, concerning uh, Abraham, he was a man that was trusting God. And the Bible says that God made him the father of many nations. And in regards to Abraham, if you remember, he was 100 years old. His wife couldn't have children, but God says, you're going to have kids. And I don't know if you remember the account of the story, but the Bible says that both Abraham and Sarah laughed. And God says, what are you laughing at? Well, you think, dear God, we're old, and, and you're finally going to get around to letting us have a baby? And, and so they laughed. They responded from the natural man. But the Bible says that when it came to Abraham, Abraham was firmly persuaded. So a definition for faith is it is a firm persuasion. 
We look over in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11. One, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word hope is translated as a confident expectation. So faith is a firm persuasion or it is, or excuse me, firmly persuaded or it is a confident expectation. A real simple way to say or to express or define what faith is is simply Believing the Word of God as it is said. Believing that the Word of God is true. So if we're going to have faith, it's a confident expectation. It's a firm persuasion. Or we simply act like, or I I should say it better, acting like the Word is true. Because you realize if you believe something, it's going to change the way you act in the area that you are believing. Right? You know, there's that phrase that says well I'll believe it when I see it well if you see it you don't have any need to believe it right because you can see it so really faith is believing before you see something come up but there's a confident expectation you say what are you so happy for because I got my answer well let me see it no it's on the way but praise God I got my answer so again it changes the way that you act acting like the word of God is true and so once again if God said he'll do it then I can believe him at his word, and that settles it, right? If God said it, that settles it. Now, here's the thing. As I made the statement, when I see it, I'll believe it, or I'll believe it when I see it. What that ends up doing is it puts everything on God. God, I'll believe it when you perform, or I'll get in faith when I see God do something. But God says, no. There are two parts of the equation when it comes to faith. There is the God side, and then there is the man side. They work together in conjunction to getting the answer or the promises of God. Now, the God side is is that God has already done and has provided everything that he's ever going to do. And he sealed it and brought it to fruition when Jesus went to the cross died, and rose from the grave. Now he says, I've done my part. Now you've got to do your part. Stand on the word of God and believe me. And once you do your part, then I'll engage again and do my part. Does that make sense? So again, there is a man's side and a God's side when it comes to our faith. And if you recall, uh, the, the scriptures, we see this really clearly in, the, in the, the gospel accounts. The gospel accounts tells us that it was Jesus demonstrating the will of God in action. And so everything that we see Jesus doing in his earthly ministry was primarily ministering and healing the sick, Right? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, I've come to do the will of my Father. He says, everything that I see the Father do, that's what I do. What I hear the Father say, that's what I say. I've not come to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So therefore, seeing him minister to the sick was not a byproduct of trying to prove his deity, but doing the will of God. And when we look at the gospel accounts, it will, there are 19 uh, accounts, if you will, that talk about Jesus ministering to the sick. But 16 out of the 19, it says or words something like this, according to your faith. Or as you believed, be it unto you. 
So here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying in regards to you receiving your healing, it was more as a result of your faith than it was me performing a miracle. Does that make sense? So in other words, to understand faith, faith has the man side that cooperates with the God side. And therefore, the man side is believing or having faith in what God said. And as we do, God begins to move on our behalf because we trust his word. Amen? So, if, uh, if it was their faith that caused them to receive, then our faith can cause us to receive, right? If Jesus said, according to your faith, receive. So if their faith got them their answers, then our faith can get us our answers. So the thing that the Bible says is that when it comes to faith, I can have faith. And he says, your faith can get answers. Now, what about this faith? It's important to understand that it is my faith that gets my answer, and anything else is just me hoping and wishing. If you remember in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So notice it says this, that faith pleases God. Or what did we say faith was? It's a firm persuasion. It's a confident expectation. It's acting like the word of God is true. So therefore, if I'm coming to God, oh God, if you would just please heal my body. If God, if you'll please do something. Well, that's not acting like God is faithful to his word and so that's not moving God you see you're bawling you're squalling you're crying you're sniffling your 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 circumstance does not move God what moves God is our faith in him to see him do what he said he will do so our faith is what moves God so how do we get faith again we're just reviewing just a little bit but in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in other words, if I'm saying, God, I don't have faith, I don't know that I can believe you for that, then what is the remedy to my faith? All I got to do is begin to hear the word of God. But notice it says hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it didn't say having heard, it says hearing and hearing. So in other words, faith don't just come the first time that you hear it. It might stir up some hope, but you feed on the word of God and upon hearing and hearing and hearing. Oh, yeah, I think I'm starting to believe that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, notice what it says here in 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It says, and besides this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. So here's what I want you to understand. Notice it says, add to your faith. So in other words, your faith can grow. You can enlarge your faith. So in other words, if you remember the man that came to Jesus, he says, Jesus, if you can do anything, please heal my son. He says, I can if you believe. He says, I believe but help my unbelief. So there was a place of faith 
that he had. There was faith, but he says, I'm recognizing that there's some faith that I don't have. Help, help my faith. And so we see right here, the Bible says, add to your faith knowledge. So what will increase my faith? To cause it to be steadfast, having more knowledge of God's word. The more that I begin to partake of God's word and fortifying the faith, then it just solidifies it. God said it, that settles it, doggone it, I've got it. Amen? So once again, your faith can be added to. Amen? In Jude verse 20 says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So once again... Building my faith. I've got faith on the inside. Well, what can I do to continue to build it? Prayer. Praying in the Spirit. Praise God. I'm fortifying, building up, stirring up the faith that is on the inside. So people say, well, you know, I don't know if I've got enough faith. Well, it's not a matter of having enough faith. It's a matter of strengthening the faith that you do have. Because you do have faith. So we talked about what faith is. We talked about how faith comes. Now let's begin to appropriate that faith or that understanding towards faith to receive for healing in our physical bodies. If I'm needing God to do something in my physical body, can I have faith for that? Well, if the Word gives me evidence for that, then that means I can begin to have faith. And if I'm saying, God, I don't know that I'm getting the results that I want, then what can I do to help fortify my faith? Right? So let's look at that tonight. So, in regards to the Word of God, there are some things that we must know to begin with. When it comes to having faith, it has to be a doctrinal truth. Now, the Word of God says, everything shall be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So what that means is, is that if there is a doctrinal truth that we can appropriate faith for, it's got to be established in the Bible at least two times, if not three times, meaning to give evidence or substantiate doctrinal truth. Are you tracking with me? So in other words, you know, there are individuals that will take an isolated scripture and build a doctrine upon it. Have you ever seen or heard of that being done before? Maybe you know some squirrely people. Well, you know what the Bible says. In fact, I heard somebody, they talked to me the other day. So, well, you know, I was taught uh, when I was growing up, you know, the, 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 that, you know, women don't talk in church. Well, the Scripture don't say that, but there is a Scripture reference to that, that out of that have taken some references to say, well, women don't have the ability to talk into church. That was one isolated Scripture, but yet people will make doctrines upon it. Does that make sense? And so, again, the Bible says to have faith or to have doctrine that you can apply faith in, it's got to be, be established in the mouth of, of at least two or three witnesses within the Word of God. Secondly... We can know the will of God. When it comes to this area of healing or anything else for that matter in the Word of God or God's desire for our lives, the Bible tells us that you can know the will of God. And we have been taught that many times. Well, you just never know. There is not one single scripture that you can find that is stated, thus saith the Lord, you never know. It's not written in the Bible. It's not in there. But yet, you'll have all kinds of Christians that will say, well, you just never know. Well, you know what the Bible says. Well, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but you just never know. 
No, the Word of God will establish and define God's will or His desire. So if I know His desire based upon the will of God or the Word of God, rather, then I can begin to have faith, right? When my wife said to me, yeah, I'll marry you, I didn't keep going back to her and saying, now, are you sure you want to marry me? My mom said that to her. Are you sure you want to marry him? <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> but, but I didn't come back to her and say, are you sure? I mean, I know you said it, but are you really sure? Can I have faith? No. When she said it, I'm like, yeah. And I had confidence because I thought or knew or believed that that was her will. She desired to marry me. Does that make sense? All right. Thirdly. The Bible says that his word is forever settled in heaven. So in other words, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's forever settled in heaven throughout eternity. God doesn't change in his opinion, his beliefs, or his expectations or desires for our life. The Bible also says that the Word of God is the incorruptible seed. So therefore, the Word of God doesn't change. It stays the same. It doesn't lose its power. We can believe God today just like they did 2,000 years ago based upon what God's Word says. The Word of God also reveals the character of God. Now, we're going to talk about healing in just a minute but once again, establishing the fact concerning God's word of how it helps us appropriate faith. Because the word of God begins to reveal the character of God. We just sang tonight, God, you're a good, good father. But do you know that there are a lot of believers that talk about God as though he is not a good father? Well, you, you know, God, he's just going to get you. You better make sure you mind your P's and Q's because God's going to get you, right? Or God's mad at you. There's all kinds of silly stuff. But as we look through the Bible from cover to cover, we establish the character of God. And therefore, the character of God establishes a foundation of how we can approach God and receive from God because of His character. He's consistent. He's faithful. He's true. Again, the Bible also tells us this, that the Word of God does not return void. So in other words, the Word of God always produces if we'll stand on the Word. Amen? It says this. It says, the Word of God will accomplish that to where it was sent. So, if you put the Word on it, meaning... God, I'm standing on your word. Here's what your word says. The Bible says that it will accomplish that which I send it to or what I stand on. Again, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And then lastly, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Okay? So let's just use that scripture as a reference point. He's no respecter of persons, meaning he doesn't like you any more than he likes me. Now, I am God's favorite, but just, just other than that, you know, God, God loves you, loves me just the same. How many of you have ever heard of God doing some miraculous things for people that you might know? I think we all have. And you're like, wow, that was amazing. And I mean, you step back and look at it and you're like, I just, I'm, that was God. It's, I mean, there's no way to explain it. That was God. 
But then when it comes to us, it's like, well, I know God did that for you, but, you know, I don't know that God will do that for me. Well, he said he's no respecter of persons. So therefore, if God does something for one, he's got to do it for another. But that just must mean that there's some qualifiers that get the answer for one and the answer for you of knowing how to get it the same way. And so therefore, we see that God is moved by our faith. So in other words, we see in the Scripture that they received healing from Jesus. He said, according to your faith... Well, as I said, if their faith will get answers from God, then our faith will get answers from God as well because he's no respecter of persons. Amen? All right, so let's begin to look at the Word of God concerning healing. I'm going to just take some time, and I'm just going to share some Scripture with you because I don't know what you have need of. You might have some things going on in your physical body. You might have some stress, some worry, some anxiety. You might have depression in your life. How many of you know that depression is not from God? It's from the pit of hell. I mean, if you've ever been depressed, you know how dark it feels and it is in your life. And there is no darkness in God. So therefore, depression, anxiety, worry is not from God. And it's not something that he desires for you to to experience. In fact, the Bible says that we are to cast all of our cares on the Lord. In fact, Isaiah chapter 54 uh, says that he carried our griefs and our sorrows. You were never meant to bear the burden. He did. He said, I've got it. Just give it to me. So let's look at some scripture to substantiate. Remember we said everything is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. All right? So in Genesis chapter 20, verse 17, don't worry about trying to catch up with these because I'm just going to maybe reference them, and so he'll be, trying to, he'll be trying to get them up on the screen. Look at that. He's so good. Genesis chapter 20, verse 17, it says, Abraham prayed for Abimelech, his wife, and maidservant, that they might bear children, and God healed them. So this is way back in the very first book of the Bible, and, and Abraham prayed for his wife, prayed for his maidservant, says, God, they want children, and God answered their prayer, and they were healed of the ailments that were preventing them from having children, and they had children. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 It says, permit none of these diseases to come upon them, speaking of God to the children of Israel. He says this, for I am the Lord that heals you. Numbers chapter 12, verse 15. Miriam, she was leprous. And they inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, shut her out for seven days. And upon the seventh day, the Bible says that she was healed. How many of you know that leprosy was a death sentence? But Miriam was healed after being separated for seven days. Numbers 21. If you recall the story, the Bible says that after the children of Israel released from Egypt, they got out into the wilderness, and they started to be overtaken by serpents, and they were being bitten, and they were dying as a result of being bitten by the serpents. And so Moses inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said to him, he says, uh, let me find a place here in Deuteronomy. Um, I'm sorry, Numbers 21. It says, uh, make a brazen serpent. Place it upon a pole, and all that look upon the serpent will be healed. Amen. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15. It says, the Lord will take away from you all sicknesses. First King chapter 13. 
King Jeroboam said to the man of God, he says, entreat God that, I, that my hand uh, will be healed and that it would be restored. And the Bible says that the man of God entreated God on behalf of the king. And the Bible says that his hand was restored or brought back to life. In 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible speaks of the woman that had the son. If you remember, the prophet Elijah says, God's going to give you a son. And that son ended up dying. She went to the man of God and says, why do you do this to me? She said, my boy is lying dead. So the man of God went to him, prayed for the boy, and the boy was raised from the dead. I thought that just happened in Jesus' ministry. No, we see it in the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says that Naaman had leprosy as well. He inquired of the prophet of the Lord, and the prophet went to God, and God said to him, he says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. If you remember the story, he says, uh, isn't the Jordan River, isn't the Jordan uh, uh, cleaner than, or is, is that, what did he dip in? He dipped in the Jordan, right? It, it were, there were his rivers. He says, aren't our rivers cleaner? And he says, the, the, the man of God said to him, he said, had God asked you to do something hard, would you have done it? He said, all he asked you to do is just go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And upon the seventh time, he came out and his skin was made brand new. All right? Second Kings verse, uh, chapter 20. Hezekiah was unto death. The Bible says he turned his face to the Lord or to the wall to seek the Lord. And the Bible says that God healed him and gave him 15 more years to his life. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 says, repent, humble yourself, seek the face of the Lord. And he says, I will heal your land. 2 Chronicles chapter 30 verse 20, it says that God listened to Hezekiah and he healed the people. Psalms 91 says, with long life will I satisfy you. Some people say, well, you just don't know when your days are numbered. You don't know when that day is when God calls you up yonder. Well, the Bible says in Psalms 91, God says, with long life will I satisfy you. So the question is, is are you satisfied? Well, if you're not satisfied, then that means God has to give you some more time. Amen? That was a good time for you to say amen. Maybe you didn't understand what I said. He said, with long life will I satisfy you. How many of you are satisfied right now? How many of you are ready to check out of here and go home? Anybody? Well, then if you're, you're ready to go home, you're too young, man. I don't mean home, home. I mean heaven, home. <laughs> so if you're not satisfied, the Bible says with long life, I'll satisfy you. So if the doctors say, well, you know what? The report says you're going to die tomorrow. Well, I'm not satisfied for tomorrow. I still got some more living to do. Then God says, I'll back you up and give you more life. Amen. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, or all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquity and heals all thy diseases, who redeemed thy life from destruction and crowneth thy life with, uh, with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies the mouth of, with good things, so that the youth is re renewed, or my youth is renewed like the eagle's. Once again, notice what it says. It says that he is the Lord that heals all our diseases. Isaiah 38, it says it mentions Hezekiah once again. So now here's a, here's, here again. It's the second time it mentioned Hezekiah. He was given a death sentence, but God said, because you asked me for more length of life, he gave him 15 more years. Well, God, I'm not satisfied. I'm ready to keep on living. God says, okay, well, because you asked me, I'll let you live a little bit longer until you're satisfied. Amen. 
Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. It says, Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he had Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Not going to be. We are healed. Isaiah 57, verse 19. He says, I will heal them. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. He says, I'll restore your health and I'll heal your wounds. Hosea uh, chapter 11 says, they knew not that I healed them. So God already worked on their behalf. Amen? So I just spent the next few minutes, or the last few minutes, going from chapter and verse from the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament. Book after book, chapter after chapter, where it consistently said that God was a healing God. That That was his heart. It was his character. Now we come into the Gospels, and I've already made mention of it, but we see that Jesus ministered to the multitudes. In fact, the Bible says this, had they recorded all the miracles that Jesus had recorded, it said that the earth could not hold the volumes of the books that recorded all the miracles that Jesus did. We just got a few books that tell us of a few things. So it was the will of God in action that Jesus ministered to the sick and healed the sick. We see in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. How many of you know that sickness isn't from God? Sickness is from the devil. Amen? And now, just, just as a side thought, you know, you've heard people say, well, you know, God, God makes you sick just to teach you something. Well, if... Acts 10 says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That tells us one of two things. Jesus was contradicting either the will of God or he's partnering with the devil. Are you tracking with me? If Jesus was going around and healing people that God was wanting to really be sick to teach them something, then Jesus was violating the the will of God. But we just saw here that sickness comes from the devil. And so, therefore, if God truly does make, make people sick for the sake of teaching them something, then that means that God and the devil are partners in this whole sickness business. And that's not true. Are you tracking? Does that make sense? All right. Now, in addition to that, the Bible says in multiple occasions that he heals all. That there's not a tough case, that there's not one too hard, there's one that don't qualify. We say that everything must be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so the Bible says this in multiple places that God heals all disease and sickness. Does that mean that everybody does get healed? No. Why? Because it's according to a person's faith. But he says it's his desire to heal all. So let me just give you a couple more verses. Before we close, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15 says, And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and it will afflict you with none of them or none of the diseases that he put on Egypt. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, for getting out all his benefits, who forgives us all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words. Consent to my sayings, let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are alive to those who find them, and healing and health to all their flesh. What does all mean? All means all. All right, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. 
It says, when evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he drove the spirit out with the word and restored health to all who were sick. Everybody say all. Are you seeing a trend here? In Luke chapter 6, verse 17, it says, And he came down with them and stood in the plains in the company of the disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So they came with a determination that when I go see Jesus, I'm going to receive healing. Verse 18 says, and, then, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they, that, and they were all healed. Verse 19 says, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them. Everybody say all. He healed them all. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Well, we just established that sickness comes from the enemy, but he says, I give you power over all the works of the enemy. And then in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So all things are possible. What's the contingency? It is my faith or my believing. Do I believe that God is a healer? Do I believe in his word? Do I believe that he'll do what he said he will do? Do I believe that it's not based on the conditions of who I am, but based on what he did? And then lastly, Mark chapter 10, verse 27. He said, and Jesus looked upon them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God... All things are possible. Amen? So, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about faith. We've been talking about how faith is the answer to that which ails us. It doesn't matter whether it's a migraine. It doesn't matter whether it's sinuses. It don't matter whether it's stress, anxiety, depression. It doesn't matter whether it's cancer. The Bible says that God's desire is for us to be well, healthy, and whole. And so therefore, from the minor to the major, with God, all things are possible if we believe. And so, my question for you tonight, just as we close, is that if you got things going on in your, in your body, in your mind, just things that need to be adjusted as a result of sickness, disease, or just whatever things are afflicting your physical body or your mental health, I just want to agree with you tonight and pray for you. And so here's what we're going to do. If you've got something going on in your physical body or just, again, mental issues of, of, of anxiety, worry, or whatever it is, we're just going to agree with you and pray tonight and see that thing break off you. Amen? And so, if that's you tonight, now you might say, you know what? I just heard the Lord say this. You might say, well, you know what? I've got these things that tend to affect me, but right now it's not bothering me. Well, listen, don't wait till the next time for it to show up and say, oh, maybe I ought to do something about that. Let's just get on it right now. And therefore, rather than waiting for it to come, let's just cut it off right now and just expect that it never comes back. Amen? Amen. So, if you will, come on up here. Just come up front here, and I'm going to pray for you. Give me a couple of mints. Where's my mints at, boy? You got my mints?
You eat them all? Come on up here, Dave. I'll have you stand right here. Praise God. She come over here. Stand right there. Anybody else? You can come on up. My wife, she's going to give me a breath mint so that way I don't knock you over. I got bad breath. Amen. Carl, you come on up here, brother. Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I'm going to do. And if anybody that's out there, if you want to, if you need prayer, hey, come on up. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just briefly going to ask you, what do you need prayer for? I'm going to turn my microphone off. That way, it's just you and I. And that way, when I ask you what it is, you don't have to go into detail and, and drawn out explanation. But it just gives me a point of reference as to what I'm praying for. Because that's what I'm putting my faith on. Amen? All right. So, in the meantime, before I get to you, you just worship God and say thank you that I'm receiving this morning. All right. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life